Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. My name is Ed Piscor. We're going to look at Gotham by Gaslight, uh, Mike Mignola's Elseworlds Batman story, Batman versus Jack the Ripper. Before we get into that, a couple of announcements. First, Cartoonist Kayfabe, comic book Christmas in July. We want everybody watching, all the makers, all the collectors, with your doubles, with your comps, go out to your local lending libraries, these little libraries that uh, every neighborhood seems to have, and uh, put a couple of comic books in those lending libraries. Let's try to make some new comic book readers. We are aiming for the last Saturday in July to do that. And uh, one other piece to put in there, include a uh, printout where people who like the comics in that local lending library, where they can find more if they like the comics that you leave them. Uh, I listed one that's local to Pittsburgh, which is our library system, has a lot of graphic novels, local comic book stores, and uh, maybe plug Cartoonist Kayfabe. If they want to hear more about comics, that's a good place to start. Also, want to invite you to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell icon to be notified when we post new videos. It'll help offset the Kayfabe effect. You'll be the first ones to see these videos, and if you need Gotham by Gaslight, you'll be the first ones looking for it in the aftermarket. eBay, Amazon, your local comic shop, wherever you pick up back issues. Sometimes these comics have a tendency to disappear or to go up in price, so you want to be the first one in line. Hit the notification for that. And let these videos play through to the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to push our videos out to other comics fans who haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. It's how we grow the channel, and we appreciate your help on that. But now, Ed, A Tale of the Batman. Written by Brian Augustine, drawn by Mike Mignola Pencils, P. Craig Russell Inks, and David Horning on Colors. This is 1988, so a little bit before he gets to Hellboy. But at this point, I feel like Mignola's style is pretty distinct. I think he's an artist's artist at this point. And uh, this comic seems like it's kind of made very well to his style and his interests. Yeah, like he's he he does special projects at at this point. Yes, and I don't know if it's a speed thing. I don't know if it's a quirk thing uh, because of the oddness of his style compared to like the house styles of Marvel and DC. But that's 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 his comfort zone. That's where that's where he's at. And uh, looking through this issue, um. It's like uh, Mike Golden, uh, excuse me, Michael Mc, Mike Mignola plus P. Craig Russell equals the the Toth that that we will see in the work. I think you know, like when Toth gets mentioned a lot, uh, I think you see a lot of it in these collaborations, um, and there will be a lot of stuff to kind of like point toward toward those ends, man. But uh, this this makes sense as a comic. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is considered like an early influence of, of Batman. I think Sherlock Holmes had a couple of uh, run-ins with uh, Jack the Ripper. It, it it makes sense from just like a cultural standpoint where you have this like real life uh, serial killer that never received due, due punishment, and at, just as humans, you 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 would love to have that resolved. So you enlist your modern day heroes to do so. So before it was like Sherlock Holmes would do it. It makes sense that uh, you know you you that Batman. Yes, yeah, it's a perfect match. Um, here's the you know like the the Waynes in the hundred years ago retelling where they're murdered by a bandit on the on the coming home from somewhere horse drawn carriage. And uh, I, I looked in the beginning here because I mentioned it's Elseworlds. And it says an alternative history of the Batman. I think this was right around when Elseworlds started. This might have been a book that would have been considered possibly the first Elseworlds, even though it doesn't have that 
that branding on it. You yet. know, you know what the first Elseworlds is is Dark Knight Returns. Um, you know, where it's like alternate history. Like they had to figure out a way to do these crazy stories that are worth worth putting down on a piece of paper, but you have your people who um, abide by canon, and you, so you need some excuse to have, you know, this story outside of the regular universe. The uh, Dr. Sigmund Freud making an appearance here as uh, young Bruce Wayne is abroad, learning human psychology, studying with detectives in, in Scotland Yard, and uh, traveling around Europe, picking up these various skills that he plans to apply to his life as uh, fighting crime back home in Gotham. This does have all the templates of the Elseworlds story, where you have like all the origins, as many characters from the universe as possible in their own kind of um, logical you know, perspective. It's also interesting to read this pre from hell. Yeah. So 1989, I think is actually the publication of this. I don't know when from hell starts, but I think it's about that time, maybe early nineties. So we've read from hell on this channel, uh, the entire thing. So go back and check that out if you're not familiar with it, but it's interesting, like what elements are in here that I take for granted is from hell being probably my most in-depth Jack the Ripper reading. Yeah. So uh, the idea that the the Ripper is some type of a surgeon is uh, is is something that carries through in here. In that very front page with the text, like Sir William Gall is mentioned. Yes. He's mentioned down there as being a potential suspect. Yeah. Yeah. And he says wrong, dead wrong. Uh, that's that's Robert, that's Robert Block. That's uh, that's Psycho, the guy who wrote the Psycho book. Yeah, is he credited? Like, uh, oh yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, from hell. Um, so, interesting ideas put forth there, and on the boat ride back to the States, we're introduced to this character that's kind of like uh, a possible, a, a red herring, if you will, coming out of England, as uh, maybe that's the Jack the Ripper. <laughs> the red herring. You see a guy with a fucking top hat named <laughs> Jack. Like, couldn't we have just done a little something different? Maybe put the top hat on this guy, and maybe make him named Jack? Like... Like, uh, Batman isn't the greatest detective. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> with, yet. <laughs> with Uncle, Uncle Jack with the top hat. That's hilarious. Yeah. The scuttlebutt. <laughs> like, the, like, I mean, we knew who Jack the Ripper was on page three. Yeah, fair enough. That's the, that's the only beef, you know? It's just like, they didn't do anything with that. Like, maybe name him anything but Jack. They named him Jack, dude. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I can't argue with that, Ed. Um, so they're heading back, and uh, the one beef that I would have is this book is very darkly printed, and we yeah. haven't seen those pages yet, but it, it's kind of an interesting, because like here you get to see almost the Mike Mignola blacks, yeah. but as we get into some of the night scenes... It's black on black. It's, it's, it is really dark. It's black ink on a super like purple-blue that you, you almost can't tell one from the other. Inspector James Gordon. Of course, right. And a uh, little nod to the rogues gallery. We've got a, a murderer who ended up taking some poison himself, but not too much. But now his face is stuck in this Joker grin. And it's also um, a nod to that the movie that influenced the Joker. The, I think it's called The Man Who Laughs. A very famous image. I forget the, the name of the actor, but like that's, that's who Mignola's drawing right there. Yeah, that makes sense, and again, seems like it's right up Mignola's uh, avenue. Totally. Here we go. Yeah, so this Stuff is some like of this. the dark that I'm that I'm talking about. Um, it is, again, like, whenever you read From Hell and you think about this stuff, like, the overlap and how this stuff is visually depicted is pretty interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is, man. And I think it's handled pretty well. Um, it's it's that like this is Jack the Ripper's dialogue captions, and he's a clear psycho. You know, oh, they're laughing at me. They're always laughing at me. There's your dark pieces, and I do wonder, like, if we saw the blue lines, did did he intend it to be that dark? And and I I doubt it, like, because that feels very counterintuitive. Like like this shirt matches that. Like, well, Batman silhouette coming in, you know, on an almost black background. Yeah, it's it, there's it's kind of cool, but I don't think that they intended it to be this. I way. don't think so. I think it's it's that's definitely a printing darker than whatever they expected. Because like, this dark purple is darker than like the black of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a darker color than the black. Yeah, I will say again, Mignola's ability with, like, spotting blacks where we have, like, a clear light light source here, I mean, that's on point. Oh, yeah. That was a skill. And, and he may have had it long before this book, too. But it does feel like you're starting to see his uh, some of his strengths really on display in this book. It also reminds me a lot of um, Batman Year One. Sure. And I think some of that is probably due to the color. I wonder if this is using the same process that the Batman Year One collections were, like, painted and colored with. Just blue line. Standard, you know? Well, maybe the response to that, you know, is right. part of the reason that you end up like, let's try some more of that. Because, you know, like, some of the grays on these characters really feels like something that I would see in the Batman Year One recolor. I would say that this is um, probably one of the first, like, kind of, like, sensitive treatments to Mignola's work when it comes to color by being choosy with the reds and mm -hmm. you know what i mean like this would be a good it's a good call especially on this spread a, a good springboard to, for guys like dave stewart and mark chiarella to to sort of expand upon uh in the coming years makes you wonder if uh mignola is delivering any notes on sure. color ideas for this yeah it's something that we know he does in uh hellboy later so it's possible he's making some of those notes here it's possible his art also in the hands of a good colorist this is what you come up with right uh, I love that it's not a full moon. Small <laughs> detail, but still. But you can see here's an example of just how dark that color is with uh, Batman in shadow, almost indistinct from the background. Is this uh, this is John Workman on letters? Um, yeah, John Workman. Letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that's a, he's looks good on this man. Like his homeworks are like having the mm -hmm. balloons touch and, and not having the panel borders above it, uh, using straight templates rather than just like the French curves for the dialogue bubbles. And his point point size is, is a little bit bigger, more readable than a lot of letters out there. Yeah, that's something I noticed with like older comics. There was an era where it was really small lettering. Mm -hmm. And uh, I appreciate the slightly bigger lettering. Love this page with the the design of having these newspaper, you know, scraps of newspaper sticking out. Good spread. Yeah. Yeah, really nice. Wordless spread too. Again, it just reminds me of Batman Year One in so many ways. Sure. Like the socialites gathering and, and having these interactions. Yeah, it's hitting all the marks, right? He's still a playboy, so it's it's the it's the uh Victorian version of how a playboy would operate. I really like this panel too, and how they handle like the fog combined with Mignola's art, you know, where these feet and the bottoms of the dresses kind of fade out. I think that's a good color treatment that complements that, showing almost like a fog yeah. coming up. Yeah, you see the brush strokes, and it really sets the tone apart from the gathering. And it's also bookended, like it's clearly a spread. Yes. Yeah, I think they know that with these spreads because it feels like every spread is considered. Yeah. Great compositions. Like, this is so Tothian. 
It really is. That's a great page to go from the, the dark and that's your panel and that's your panel. Yeah, very strong. Even dragging into, I, I'm a, a sucker for this move where it's like we see the outside of, you know, the cave, the tunnel, the underpass, and then you see it from inside of there. Yeah. It's a, it's a real one-two, pretty easy to follow. And the story is Batman's being, uh, they're assuming Batman is the Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And then they tie together the idea that, hey, Bruce Wayne was in Europe whenever those murders were taking place. He was in London. And that's as much as the commissioner needs. Batman with the big collar design also. Yeah, and it's like a leather helmet. Yeah, it almost it almost makes more sense to me as a Batman costume yeah. than like the super streamlined spandex version. There's your commissioner super excited with himself. Didn't you hear me, Gordon? We have our man. And we're off to Wayne Manor. Great contrast for Wayne Manor and Daylight. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruce Wayne, super confident, you know, go search, do whatever you want. I'm uh, going to continue my breakfast. And they come up with the knife. Yeah, can you go back one, one page real quick? The best way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. Red Room Trigger Warnings 1 through 4 is in stores now while supplies last. Every Red Room comic is self-contained story, so whatever issue your comic shop has is a great place to start. There's also... Red Room, the Antisocial Network, collecting the first season of Red Room, available now wherever comics are bought and sold, except for 28 countries where it is banned and about 10 comic shops where it's banned, but you can still request it, they can still get it for you, and you can pick up Hulk Grand Design by me, two double-sized issues retelling the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk in one coherent story, featuring my art, writing, color, letters, uh, the Grand Design treatment, so to speak. So pick these comics up wherever you buy comics and support Cartoonist Kayfabe. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Heading to San Diego Comic-Con? Get ready to see Scott Snyder himself by brushing up on your favorite Snyder comics with Comixology Unlimited. With Comixology Unlimited, you get unlimited access to an unrivaled library of over 40,000 digital comics, graphic novels, and manga titles, featuring content from over 125 publishers, and thousands of independent creators from around the world, including exclusive titles from Scott Snyder. And if that's not enough, you can also save up to 15% when buying select new and current comics. Try Comixology Unlimited today with a free 30-day trial. For details, visit comixology.com unlimited. He talks about uh, how well he like hid the bat stuff and then you just see this panel and you just know it's all back there yes like this dude's leaning against this thing and you just know you just got to move that thing and then fucking slide down the bat pole or whatever <laughs> it's a real good piece it is good it's nice how how much it ties into your classic batman kind of literature and even like this room feels consistent to me with again i'm going to say batman year one but Absolutely. it feels like the the stuff that i think of wayne manor like it's represented here that's one of those examples of um of selling a lot with with a little bit uh yes you you know like i it and it's that thing that i talk about like when i'm doing something super complicated and i'm like i know jaime would figure a better way i know alex toth would figure out a better way like this is an example of that because i know how i would have drawn that and you'd see all the crown molding and right. all sorts of nonsense to like sell it as like a super bougie expensive handcrafted mansion setting and it's all black it's all implied and the color does a lot too 
Hey, look at this. I don't know if it shows up on screen well, but it's almost um, like like faded, you know, like where your black roller is running low. It yeah. almost looks like a, an old black photocopy. Yeah. And, and what happens is Uncle Jack fucking... Because we already know that it's Uncle Jack from page three. So Uncle Jack slides the gimmicks into... And, and, and Bruce didn't know... You know, Bruce hit all of his own shit, but he wasn't expecting for Uncle Jack to drop the blade... You know, like in the in the stairwell or whatever. Our DA, Harvey. Yes. And he thought he and Harvey were friends, but he's really going after him as a bloodlusting maniac. <laughs> this is your trial uh, notes, is what we're getting through here. Again, good design. Like, I feel like it flows nicely in the trial piece. Two pages, in and out pretty quickly, and distinct from the rest of the page layouts. It's great. You know, like, this is like scene dressing or something, if you were doing this as a movie. Making these uh, individual scenes unique visually... Um, they do a good job with it all. And, and and this comic moves. It really does, man. So on the very next page, Gordon's already showing up and is like, oh, of course, I know I know you. You're the wisest guy I know. Like, of course you didn't do this, but can you help us? Yeah, so it gives him some evidence to pour over while he's in his cell. When you think about the, uh, the From Hell shit, like, you almost want, like, is there a pentacle yes. in there or something? <laughs> yeah. It'd be amazing if that was in this book. Yeah, well, it is in uh, Batman vs. Spawn. Go see that video. Gotham built on a pentagram. Yeah, and, yeah. I, that that was written about. I don't think that was an Alan Moore invention. Um, I think there were Jack Ripper lorists who had covered some of those ideas. Yeah. And I assume Augustine must have been looking into some Jack the Ripper uh, text for this piece. When I think of Brian Augustine, I always think that's an anagram for Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> And we see our guys, like, waiting to strike again. Soon. Needs to, uh... They all laugh at me. Bruce Wayne, by the way, is scheduled to be, uh, to be killed, executed. Oh, they so. didn't mess around back in the days, man. Yeah, you talk about moving, covering a lot of ground. It's like, he's gonna be in prison for, like, a week, and then they're gonna hang him. Love the, uh... Putting together... Hunting the serial killer wall. Yeah. yeah he's really given <laughs> some space. Why? Who? Why? Frustrated. But eventually he figures it all out. This knife is uh, something that somebody close to his family would have access to, and that would be the uh, the only people, and that's where we get to see. Isn't this a Tim Bradstreet co composition? It feels like it, yeah. Right? I wouldn't have even thought of that until you said it. It's that lighting, I think. It's the angle, too, of just straight on and just, like, parallel. So, you know, just boxes. This is pretty good for somebody who's been in locked up for a bit. Struggling. Sure. Yeah. Bags under his eyes, needs a shave. Yeah. And this is a picture of his pops, man. Mm -hmm. And you see that same symbol. And it turns out his, his uh, pop's brother was uh, in the same same sequence. So they're going to do a bit of a, a switch with Alfred. I like that he can just get out whenever he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a classic thing, man. <laughs> and also, like, talk about security. Like, could you just walk down the alley and have exposed, like, prison bars and stuff? Like, did that exist? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to check Gotham historians. Because people are just coming willy-nilly to come kick it. Yeah, you're right. You'd think if it was a dastardly enough villain, you'd think some of those women of the night would be in there with, like, slingshots uh, sending some, go some see, messages through the windows at him. Yeah, go see the pro. And our guy can't really wait. He's 
Bruce Wayne's supposed to be executed the next morning at dawn, and he's like, by the time they find this body, he'll already be dead. So he's going to, uh, he waited as long as he could, and this is it. Look at that great use of white yeah. as just like a highlight. Like, that's a very important moment. That's 100% true, man. It just pops off of that page. Yeah. Super dramatic. Bright as hell. And you're still seeing that little bit of red used. Mm-hmm. I wonder, too, you know, like, we talk about Mike Mignola maybe giving notes to the colorist. I wonder if he's taking notes, too. Yeah. You know, if this is something that he's looking at and going, you know what, I really liked how this worked. You know, note to self in the future. Because it does feel like there's some coloring stuff here that we'll see again in Hellboy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's things like this. Yes. I was admiring this drawing and how he curves his teeth around to give mm. that a 3D. Because the flat blacks... You, it's hard to do round forms with those flat blacks. He right. figures it out. The greats, Alex Toth figures it out. I struggle f with it. So, like, seeing the, the teeth wrapped around was one of those giveaways in that instance. Look at this guy. He's a maniac. Yeah. I feel like uh, guys like Jason Pearson and others would, would take this motif of, like, black silhouette, like, big expressive eyes, big expressive mouth. I would love to see this page... I would love to see this story as an artist edition. Me too. But this page in particular, it would read so differently without that color because, like, now you've just got Batman silhouette. Could be a day against shot. The white, yeah, exactly, against the white uh, background. Yeah, you need the color. Batman looks super cool. Money shot, a little bit of crimson mask on top of the Batman <laughs> mask. And now they're off to the races. You know, the other thing I keep saying is Batman Year One, but also Dark Knight Returns. Batman mm -hmm. on a horse. In Play a very it. dramatic uh, moment. Playing the hits, man. Yeah, it's a car chase. <laughs> yeah. yeah <it> <laughs> Victorian era car chase. <laughs> and sure enough, Ed, you're right. Our, our man Jacob Packer from the beginning is exposed. Right at the, uh, the base of the Wayne tombstone. Gives his little story. And again, use your color palette to uh, indicate that we're somewhere else in this flashback sequence. And uh, Chekhov's assassin, like uh, the the bandit was introduced early, we saw him clearly, and he was commissioned. So Uncle Jack has been a bad guy for a really long time. Yeah, and, and basically comes down to unrequited love. He had a crush on Martha Wayne that was not returned. You know what's funny is like that that would be a crime of passion, and would. You know, you can't justify it as a human thing to do, but but that makes sense. But then when he gets into this, like, they're all laughing at me, that, that's that's different motivations. That's divorced. Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, Sigmund Freud would agree with the psychology behind this book or not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know if it holds up. <laughs> it's interesting that uh, Bruce Wayne exposes himself, right? But he doesn't sell him down the river. He doesn't yeah, give Uncle, up Batman's identity. Uncle Jack, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when the... When the, uh, when the lynch mob comes he, he preserves his nephew it's like the one honorable thing or something yeah. you know that one move like you know where you can't have pure black and white good guys bad guys it's like the one thing that makes him less of a scumbag or something i really like the coloring in that it's kind of like flat color but it's not totally flat you look close and you see little brush strokes variations just little bits of texture on top of what is almost flat color. Yeah, yeah, and certainly played up more on, like, a marble tombstone uh, yeah. or something. But, like, yeah, I love seeing, like, flat, like this. Like, it's mm -hmm. trying to be flat color, but you do see some humanity. And, and that's, like, what we do, like, with Photoshop or whatever. When you put a little paper texture over top of it or something, just add some noise. Yeah. Add some, add some humanity, add a human hand 
to the stuff rather than just the the mechanical way things were done. One last lunge at the Batman by our Jack the Ripper, cut down by Jim Gordon, and uh, poetic as he's cut down right in front of the Wayne tombstone, the uh, the family that he slayed all those years ago. One of the differences with the red is that it's the same hue as like the rest of the palette. Like Stewart, I feel like will let that red pop a little bit more. Yeah, it's definitely muted red. Uh, probably the brightest on this gunshot. Yeah. And I think, again, you can see just how dark this is. That darkness is probably more accurate to a uh, 1800s Gotham where, where you're getting light sources at night. Yeah. But um, it, I wouldn't mind seeing the art a little bit brighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you could communicate the same dark sky with a brighter blue, if that makes sense. Go look at Hellboy Comics. Yeah, this is where it's like, uh, we talk about not doing blue skies. I say, also, don't do black skies at night. Mm -hmm. You know, figure out those navies, purples, you know, some way to show this off. And I and I, I point at this full moon with a couple of bats in front of it. There are bats all through this. This is not a black background, if you're looking at this at home and thinking that that's what you see. It's kind of cool if that were a black background, I right. think, with just a circle moon. Very iconic. But it isn't. You can see, you know, if you're looking at it close, you can see all of the uh, bats on either side of it. It's just a super, super, super dark sky. Same with this background, you know. They should have got wet proofs. Yeah. Wet proofs would have solved that. Interesting book, though. And again, I swear this is how, like, the Elseworlds books start, I think. I think the uh, idea of doing an otherworldly tale of Batman made sense to a lot of people and i think there's probably some other else worlds i wouldn't mind looking at batman houdini comes to mind i have my colonial supermans pulled by uh, john byrne <laughs> ted mckeever did a batman a superman and a wonder woman else world like a, a trilogy so there's definitely some cool work that came out of that imprint and I, I i do believe this launched it so a good book one i've been wanting to look at for a while yeah super fun it was also one of those books that would be highlighted like in the interviews with the image guys that we loved as kids, uh, Gotham by Gaslight. Like, that would be the crown jewel of uh, Mignola's output at, at up to that moment, uh, you know, as per those guys, man. So, like, getting hands on that stuff. You know, it's this cover's a little bit dark, too, but much lighter than mm-hmm. that last page, and it's just enough to really make him feel like he's a shadow. But look at how much the black pops compared to just a little bit of lighting. Add a little bit more color and light behind it. And you can make that that black pop in the foreground. It's a good Batman. Absolutely, man. Uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July is the last Saturday of July. We are stuffing those free lending libraries in town full of comics. Our comps, our doubles, and maybe one or two other uh, comics that we just go out and buy and stuff in there to try to make people uh, aware and hip to uh, the fact that there are good comics out there in the universe and you should read them. Uh, more videos and stuff on that uh, as as the days go by. Um, you can like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Madness are both issues, 40 pages, retelling the history, the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, written, drawn, colored, lettered by me in the Grand Design tradition. Those are available now in comic shops everywhere. While supplies last, pick that up. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see more of my comics art, see how I make the comics I make, and download some of my out-of-print comics and uh, zines. Red Room Trigger Warning, straight paperback coming in September. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Uh, Good companion piece to Red Room, the Antisocial Network trade paperback that you guys have been supporting in such a big way over this past year. 
Uh, every issue, though, is self-contained. So if you see one of the floppies, scoop it up, give it a chance. Uh, if you dig it, grab another. Um, comic is banned in more than 28 countries, banned in more than 10 comic shops. Hit my link tree in the description below this video. You'll be able to order and pre-order current and future Red Room comics that way. And if you go to my Patreon, you'll be able to uh, read the comics right now today. Three bucks for the archive. What else do we have, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. It's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.